Hello and welcome to today's Daily Friend Rep episode where we run through a few stories in a few minutes. I'm Herman Petrius and I'm standing in for Nicholas Lorimer who is on well-deserved leave. Helping me unpacking today's stories is Marius Rurt. Marius, good to have you, sir. Thank you, Herman. And hello to everybody listening and watching. Righto, let's get cracking. Story number one. U.S. confirms SA will host a GOA summit despite Russian rift. Now, this is quite an interesting story that uh, considers South Africa's position in the world, something I think that uh, oftentimes gets either a shallow take or not enough of a take at all. The long and short of this story is that AGOA, uh, which stands for the African Growth and Opportunity Act, is this structure whereby African countries get favorable trading terms with America. And a summit for this piece of legislation for AGOA was scheduled to take place in South Africa some time ago. But earlier this year, around June, rumbling started that some members of Congress wanted the summit to be moved outside of South Africa due to South Africa's position on the Russian-Ukrainian situation, where on one side, the South African government uh, claims non-alignment but then indeed aligns South Africa quite clearly with one side of the conflict over the other. Efforts, however, to relocate the AGOA summit um, seem to be uh, seems to have been unsuccessful with confirmation coming through today uh, from oh, on Wednesday, pardon me, uh, through a joint statement. Uh, by uh, Catherine Tai, the U.S. Trade Representative and Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition, Ibrahim Patel, confirming that the summit will start in Johannesburg on November 2nd as scheduled. Now, Marius, this isn't perhaps a massive, juicy story that sets headlines on fire, but it does illustrate, I think, something that South Africans need to discuss and, with an eye towards the election, discuss with regards to the various political parties and what they offer, and that is South Africa's place in the world. What are your thoughts on where we find ourselves in the world today? Well, I think South Africans, we've always had quite a high opinion of South African where we are in the world. Uh, but I think South Africans also, a lot of us need to get a wake-up call. Uh, South Africa is not uh, as much of an important country as we think it is. I think, uh, you know, in Places they matter in the capitals, uh, you know, places like London, Washington, Berlin, uh, Beijing. You know, I don't think people, South Africa is not really uh, what people think about, uh, you know, when they think about up and coming countries, places where they need to invest, important countries that they need to keep on side. I think even if people are looking at Africa, uh, you know, I don't know if they'd even think about Pretoria as being the most important place or South Africa being the most important place now. I think if somebody's thinking about, you know, the most important country in Africa and where they need to, which country they need to get on side, they'd probably be thinking about places like Kenya or Nigeria, you know, maybe even Egypt. You know, South Africa is increasingly becoming a backwater, and that's for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, one of them is uh, because our economy is going nowhere. You know, we, uh, as a share of the global economy and global trade, we, we've been shrinking for many years now, this is a secret. And our, our foreign policy is very muddled as well. Uh, and I think part of that is also because of things like NCK to deployment, uh, we, we don't uh, send uh, professional diplomats to important places anymore. You know, uh, important ambassadorships in places like Washington or Berlin or, uh, you know, Brasilia or 
you know, Beijing or New Delhi or whatever the case is. They don't give it to professional diplomats who've been in the foreign policy game for 30 years. They give it to, as a reward to uh, people who've, been, who've served the ANC for a while. You know, not even just the ANC people. They, a lot of uh, people who've been in the DA for a long time get to reward these posts as well. We know that a lot of the Douglas Gibson, Sandra Buerta, Tony Leon were all uh, DA members who got uh, posts abroad. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to cast dispersions on ANC people, but I would guess that people who've been deployed from the DA probably do a slightly better job than uh, people who've been deployed from the ANC to be diplomats abroad. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, South Africa needs to, we, we, we need to realize we aren't the center of the universe. And, you know, I reckon if um, you had to stop, if you had to walk in any major capital around the world, and also even in Africa, and ask them, who's the president of South Africa? I think very few people will actually be able to tell you. And now I was overseas last year, and the things that people know South Africa for now, it's actually quite sad, is violence and mm. wild animals. Well, I think 20 years ago, it would have been Nelson Mandela and, you know, this, uh, the way that we uh, ended apartheid and so on. So I think South Africa yeah. needs to realize we need the rest of the world more than the rest of the world needs us. And I think this uh, bit about a goer, this is this is quite good for us, obviously. Uh, we, we need a goer too. Mm. And, you know, for all the U.S.'s faults, I think it's uh, you'd rather be on side with the U.S. than uh, be seen by Washington as an enemy, or at least as an opponent. Yeah. And you you mentioned uh, violence and wild animals, but enough about Parliament. What's interesting to me is that we've got this great opportunity. It's, it's sort of like the world is in a bit of a holding pattern when it comes to South Africa, that there is this possibility of the elections around the corner. And I thought this was quite a very welcome development, something that um, the U.S. would have had every reason to take South Africans' behavior on the international stage over the last few years as quite antagonistic towards the U.S. So this is something of a lifeline. And I think if whatever government is in power a few months from now after the election, if, if there's a wake-up call to understand that foreign policy should be a means to an end um, to to push for the promotion, not necessarily of values or those fuzzy things, but opportunities for South African trade, professionals, skills, products. That's really what it's about. And I think this gives us something of an opportunity to salvage what's left of South Africa's reputation as someone worth trading with in Africa. Yeah, I agree. And I think foreign policy has been a bit of a kind of blind spot. Uh, nobody's really been talking about it. And I think it'll be quite important uh, once we eventually get a, a new government in place. And, you know, also we, we, we need a realistic foreign policy. Obviously, it would be nice to only be friends with people who, you know, have good human rights records and allow uh, free and fair elections and so on. But we know that's not possible. No country in the world uh, actually does their foreign policy just on uh, kind of values. It's also about interests. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Otto von Bismarck who said, uh, country doesn't have friends, it only has interests. And I think, uh, as we yes. were saying before the show, a country that we can look to... Uh, who's done a pretty good job of playing both sides, I think, is India. India definitely hasn't made themselves an enemy of the West, but they also, you know, they, they, know, they don't do the West bidding. They've been trading with Russia during this war. They've been doing what's best for India. But they're still on side with the Americans. They've been accepting, yeah. uh, I believe, arms from the Americans. Uh, I think Narendra Modi was quite recently in Washington, D.C., meeting Joe Biden yeah. and so on. But that hasn't stopped them from also, as I say, trading with the Russians and getting good deals for uh, a Russian and uh, Indian trade. So I think that's somewhere we can look at. And mm. uh, and I think our foreign policy still stuck lots in the 1960s. We still think Russia is the Soviet Union. 
everything from the West is bad and the Soviet Union is this, you know, uh, great protector of the, um, you know, people who've been downtrodden around the world, which, as you know, is not true. But I think the ANC still yeah. thinks that it is in the 1960s and the U.S. is going to help it. Uh, I'm not the U.S., the USSR is going to help it overthrow the apartheid government. Yeah, no, and uh, this sort of brings us on to our next topic when we talk about being stuck and being stuck in this mindset of a state-centric, almost Soviet way of looking at things. And this is Pravin Gordon's longest attempt to say nothing that I've read in a while, where the he, he's written for the Business Day, SAA regains altitude fueled by unity of purpose and strategic vision. Now, what's so interesting to me is uh, about this, you know, loaded terminology is it's ultimately vacuous. And it, it reminds of the sort of language and rhetoric you hear from these investment in Darbas in Africa, especially where Kenya and Rwanda and Zambia, they can come to South Africa will come to these summits and pitch to investors, you know, we've got productivity, we've got crime under control, we've got upward social mobility, where South Africa always has this unity of purpose, strategic vision. It seems more words and substance than anything else. But this isn't a new thing. I actually remember attending a talk by Davi Ruet, uh, no, uh, no relation, quite a while ago, 15 or 16 years ago. And he was even talking then about how South Africa was doing this kind of thing. And in this presentation, he put up an uh, advert that South Africa's investment uh, bureau, whatever, had put out, a long one that Estonia did. And South Africa's one was just like a brick with the sun shining on it. It said something like, South Africa, live with possibilities or something. And Estonia's one was 10% corporate tax. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll facilitate uh, people to come over with visas. We'll, you know, don't pay no personal income tax for new immigrants for two years, whatever it was. I don't know exactly what the details were. But it was saying, this is what we're going to do to help your investment in South Africa. Where in South Africa, we just assume people will come here because we've got Nelson Mandela and Table Mountain and the Kruger Park. And, you know, it's a nice thing to do. But investors want to know what's going to happen. And I think this is, I mean, this is a microcosm, this Pravin Gordon thing. He's, he's not saying, how is he going to fix SAA? How are we fixing it? It's just this silly rhetoric that when, when you cut down to it, means absolutely nothing. He doesn't tell you how we're going to mm. fix SA. And there was also an article in uh, today's Financial Mail. I actually haven't finished reading it, but it's what a couple of top CEOs have said how we how we can fix South Africa. And I think it was Maria Ramos who said, stop talking. Just do it. Just mm. start doing it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Just fix SAA if you really want to do it. Don't come with all the strategic vision nonsense that means absolutely nothing. Just fix it. Get rid of the debt or whatever and start flying. But I mean... We, we, we know that's not going to happen. So, yeah, but it's, yeah, it was just, if anybody wants to fall asleep or, you know, have a good, good laugh, go read Fabian Gordon's article today in the business day. And, and this paragraph sort of sums it up for me. As we forge ahead with the introduction of the strategic equity partner for SAA, we envision a blueprint that safeguards the interests of the populace. This plan aims to rejuvenate SAA's operations and business strategy, aligning it with the contemporary demands of the aviation sector and setting a trajectory for unparalleled growth and success. And then, this is the clincher, this moment ought to be celebrated as a potential milestone. What moment? What milestone? It is, it, is, it is talk and talk and talk. And that is, I think, why we at the IRR keep doing what we're doing. We know the moderate middle is out there. We know the pragmatism is out there. We know the ability to get things done is out there. It's just not going to come from the state. 
And I think that is what we at The Daily Friend really want you to take away from this rep is if we want to change South Africa, if we want to the government to change, there's there's action that needs to be taken. We can't talk about investment strike or investor strikes or try and pretend South Africa can forever, you know, cash in on the legacy of Madiba. At some point, we have to start offering value for the effort. We need to be attractive to investment. And Praveen Gordon needs to uh, realize that talking about strategic moments as a milestone is less important than what have you spent on SAA and what have you earned from it. Exactly.